Hey everyone, Ed Helms here. You might know me as Andy from The Office or Stu from The Hangover, or you might know me as the co-founder of BGS. I know, I'm just as surprised as you. They let me co-found something. But here's the thing, we're doing it again. Yeah, this time we're leaping into our other deep love, the vast and vibrant world of country music with something we're calling Good Country. Now this isn't just another newsletter. Think of Good Country as a place. A place where you can explore, learn, and dig into all of what makes country good. Seriously, country music has so much going on these days, and it's coming from so many different deep and soulful places, and we're here to cover all of it. Just as we've done for Bluegrass and Roots Music at BGS for over a decade. So sign up now at goodcountrybgs.substack.com and let us bring you the many sides of country music straight to your inbox. Good country. It's a nice place to be. Hey, it's Cindy Howes from the podcast Basic Folk, where we have honest conversations with folk musicians. Check out our very special 250th episode featuring an interview and performance with Basic Folk co-host Lizzie No. I feel like most women I know have an experience where They've been working and working and working to perform and to execute and to please everyone else. And then things sort of fall apart a little bit in some way or another. And partying can actually be a really important step towards getting free because it shows you where you need to fall apart and being on the dance floor, like in community with mm. other women and mm -hmm. in community with queer people. Mm -hmm. Like for me, those experiences have been so important. This time, Lizzie is on the other side of the mic talking about and performing songs from their brand new album, Half Seas. Basic Folk's 250th episode with Lizzie No is streaming now on the Bluegrass Situation Podcast Network. Join us there or wherever you get podcasts. Sometimes you'll be listening to music for a long time and then one record kind of like changes the way that you think about music and I think that's why Hartford was such an influence on me because I had been working on being a technician for so long on the fiddle and I always just wanted to play everything you know as technically well as I could and when I heard John Hartford I was like oh like he made me understand the art so I had only been doing the craft you know what I mean? And then I was like, oh, this is art. It's not, it can be messy, it can be out of tune, but it has to feel good, it has to mean something, and it has to groove, and that's really what kind of opened my whole brain up. Welcome to the Travis Book Happy Hour Podcast. I'm Travis Book. This episode is brought to you by Thompson Guitars, makers of fine instruments, handmade with love, in Sisters, Oregon. The podcast is presented by Americana Vibes and the Bluegrass Situation, and our show is part of the Bluegrass Situation Podcast Network. You can dive into all things Roots music anytime at thebluegrasssituation.com. Rachel Bayman is part of a generational scene in Nashville that I've been watching with awe for the last five to ten years. A unique voice, multi-talented and articulate, She's not afraid to sing and speak what's on her mind. She writes a semi-regular column for the Bluegrass Situation that shines some light into the darker corners of the music industry, addressing inequality and challenging all of us, creators and fans, to do better, dig deeper, and expect more. We had a great time on the happy hour, and I'm sure you'll dig it. 
This episode was recorded live at 185 King Street in Brevard on August 8th, 2023. King Street, the soul of Brevard, North Carolina. It's the Travis Book Happy Hour. With special guest Rachel Bayman and the Happy Hour House Band featuring Riley Calagno. And now, your host, Travis Book. Thank you, Bill, and thank you all for being here for uh, another Tea Book Tuesday, another Travis Book Happy Hour. I'm so excited to have Rachel here tonight. I've been hearing about her for a long time. Our paths have crossed a couple of times, but we've never gotten to hang out, and um, and I think it's going to be a great night of music, so please make her welcome, Rachel Bayman. Thank you. Thanks for having me here, Travis. This is so much fun. The next one that we're going to do is called Bad Debt. And uh, this song has been causing me a little bit of trouble because uh, I wrote this song about the concept of, like, what is truly a bad debt. Is it having student loans or is it kind of being like a a taker and never giving anything back to your community, never starting a happy hour to get your community through COVID, you know? Like, so if you don't do that, you might have bad debt, in my opinion. And, uh, but people have really received this song quite literally, and uh, I had a review that said, the first line of the review was, um, Rachel Bayman is in debt. And I was like, well, you're not wrong, but you don't need to call me out like that. And then it was like, blah, 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 blah. And then at the end, it was like, hopefully this album helps her pay some bills. <laughs> so I just feel the need to set the record straight. That is not, in fact, what this song is about. But, you know, also not untrue. So there we go. <laughs> Can't make 
This is kind of a fun concept because we get to build a new band for this show, and uh, it's such a such a joy to play with Travis and with Riley. Uh, very exciting time. So thanks for <laughs> thanks for playing with me, guys. Of course, of course, Rachel. They have to say that though. <laughs> they have to. All right, we're gonna do an older song now. One, two. that I believe Many times I've looked around and wished that I could see the power that was safely got someday set me free And long to know the meaning of triumph and jubilee Oh, I may write books about faith and healing love And oh, I Triumphant Jubilee They want to break 
Today we were rehearsing over at Travis's house and he described his house as being a mullet house because it's country in the back and serious in the front. Which is my new favorite thing. And then I was like, you also have a mullet. So he matched his house. Is that a mullet? I mean, if I fluff it up, it's more of a mane. Is it offensive that I called it a mullet? I'm oh, I, no, nothing's offensive. I don't have I don't have shame either. Yes, you understood the assignment. Yeah, I, I abandoned shame uh, probably about seven or eight years ago. I abandoned it, uh, which is why I can walk around with a haircut like this um, and hold it up high. With you no, know, this is not this is not your traditional uh, Kentucky mud flap. That's one of my favorite fiddle teams, though. <laughs> As my friend John Stickley would say, it's more like Colorado Rapids, you know? Starts at the front and goes all the way to the back. It seems like we spend a lot of time now talking about my hair on Tuesdays. And, um, and I'm okay with that, honestly. At least we have something to talk about while we tune the banjo. How's everyone feeling out there tonight? You doing good? Kentucky Mudflaps. We're gonna play a tune called Kentucky Mudflap for you now. I wish I had that tune. Alas, uh, this is a song called She Don't Know What to Sing About Anymore. Laughing, dancing, 
feet stomping the floor She don't know what to sing about anymore She grew up smart like the crack of a whiff She could point out the truth When the story didn't stick And she made her own way
talking for me You're so much better at that kind of stuff I just smile and shake hands Nod my head until we both had enough Now where you going without me? Why are you going so soon? We got so much ground to cover be there when you blow. I want to be there when you blow. If you're gonna run up the mountain back to the bottom, you don't have to do it alone. I remember if a ugly feeling you had got 15 hours to Colorado. But you still come out to see me play And you know I'll catch you if ever you fall If you're gonna run up the mountain Back to the bottom You don't have to do it long I remember every ugly feeling You've got 15 hours to Colorado And I think now Travis is going to sing one. Sisters and brothers, won't you come 
the benches all warm. How dear to my heart, how precious the moments stood shaking hands and singing a song. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone, for being here tonight. I've got some stuff I'd love to talk to Rachel about. We're going to do a short interview, and then we'll get back to the music. But th thanks again to Cody and Madeline and the entire family here at 185 King Street. Rachel, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a treat, and thank you for including me. If you're enjoying the music and conversation in this episode, I encourage you to check out Episode 6 with Mimi Naja, Episode 10 with Kyle Tuttle, and Episode 18 with Christina Vane. As always, thanks for listening, and after the show, be sure to leave a review. All right. I feel like I'm on the news. A little bit of, little bit of, um, little bit of history. Let's get a little context. Where is it that you grew up? I grew up in Chicago, on the west side of town, a place called Oak Park. Oh, I think I've heard of Oak Park. We got a yeah from the audience. That's got a good some sign. Got Parkers here. When um when is it that you when, when did you start playing music? Uh, I started when I was a kid. I was playing the violin because my brother was older than me, and he started playing the trumpet. So I was like four and I wanted to play something, but I was four, so the options were limited. And there was a kind of very cheap and convenient violin studio around the corner, and that was because it was actually a Missouri fiddle player just teaching me fiddle tunes, which was way better. That's, that's what happened. <laughs> that's nice. What is, the, what is the difference between fiddle and violin? Were you really all wondering? Well, wow. it's kind of like one of the internal questions. That's the number one question I get in airports. Oh. Uh, the difference is nothing about the instrument, everything about how you play it. Yeah, how you roll the R's. How you, yeah, how you roll the bow, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay, cool. Um, so you started, with, you started with the fiddle, yes. but you play, you, play, you play lots of instruments. You've been playing at least three tonight. What was sort of the yeah. lineage? How did you, how did you, how did you get turned uh, on to all these other things? It really happened when I got excited about songs, which was when I moved to Nashville. I moved to Nashville thinking that I wanted to be a fiddle player for other people's bands, and 
that was kind of my thing that I had worked on forever. And um, as you know from living in Nashville, it's a town that will really make you fall in love with songwriting. There's such a commitment to the craft, to the great song, and such a love for all of the wonderful old songs. So I, uh, I, I, I just, I don't know, I got obsessed with songs. And, and uh, I did play and write songs for the fiddle for a long time. But when I um, eventually found that I could play a little banjo and guitar, it was the freedom was, wow. So now that I am approaching things from a song perspective, I just go, okay, what is this, which instrument does this song want? And that's more fun. <laughs> that's really cool. You're really fortunate to be able to do that. I, you, the, 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 the phrase like, you remind me of, is something that I try really hard to stay away from. But I do hear some of my favorite songwriters in your music, and one of them that you already named tonight was John Hartford. Yeah, big um, influence. Do you do you draw any direct lines to musicians who have like inspired you or informed your sound? Yeah, well, weirdly, like some sometimes you'll be listening to music for a long time, and then one record kind of like changes the way that you think about music. And I think that's why Hartford was such an influence on me because I had been working on being a technician for so long on the fiddle, and I always just wanted to play everything, you know, that as technically well as I could. And when I heard John Hartford, I was like, oh, like, he made me understand the art. So I had only been doing the craft, you know what I mean? And then I was like, oh, this is art. It's not, it can be messy, it can be out of tune, but it has to feel good, it has to mean something, and it has to groove, and that's really what kind of opened my whole brain up. And the same thing happened when I heard Courtney Barnett, how weird, so totally different, but the conversational nature of her lyrics just made me go, oh, like, this is what I want. Like, I want to feel like there's a character in my writing. I want there to be a person, a narrator. So there's been some, like, key moments in a lot of music that everyone already knew about, like the band, because I only listened to fiddle tunes, and I never had my, like... <laughs> <laughs> I really missed a lot of things. You didn't have your Zeppelin phase? I didn't. I still haven't had my Zeppelin phase. Oh, it's coming. But my parents also had great <laughs> records that they never showed me. Oh, wow. You think my Zeppelin phase is coming? Oh, there's a Zeppelin phase coming. It's coming for all of us. Wait for it. If you haven't had it yet, it's coming for you. <laughs> okay, I'm excited for that phase. I'm excited. Um, uh, it, 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 was your family musical? Um, nobody played, but my parents were very into contra dancing. They met at a contra dance. Oh, cool. So they understood fiddle tunes. When I started playing the fiddle, they were like, oh, like we get this. This yeah. is cool. You know, they weren't like, what is this? Yeah. There's, there's some references in your music to like church and hymn mm. singing and that kind of thing. Was church part of your upbringing? No, I'm raised by a Jewish atheist and a waspy atheist. So I went to the Ethical Humanist Society of Greater Chicago. And if you're wondering what that is, we all are. Still <laughs> wondering. We're all still wondering. But there is a reference, hilariously, maybe you're talking about... Um, in uh, She Don't Know What to Sing About Anymore, I did sing in a gospel choir because my public school had a very cool music teacher who, at lunchtime, did a gospel choir, which I would never get the chance to sing in, like, a black church choir if not for that cool experience in my Chicago public school. So I'm grateful for that. But, yeah, no. Missed the whole church thing. Missed it. Well, you didn't miss it. I mean, it's everywhere. I didn't miss it, but I, I, didn't, I wasn't brought up with it. Yeah, well, fortunately, now you live in Tennessee, so it's everywhere. 
Well, I think I like a lot There's of a church the, on every corner. A lot of the things I write about are because of that culture clash, I think, you know, moving there and being like, "Whoa, this is very different." So. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Yeah, I, I have so much fun when my friends come and visit me and like we drive south like toward the beach and yeah. they're like, "Whoa!" And I'm like, <laughs> "I know, it's awesome, right?" And they're like, "I can't tell if it's <laughs> awesome. I don't know, it's freaking me out." Um it's so it's so cool though um, that, that like you say like the clash of the clash of cultures I mean there's there's so it's so so easy to be closed minded about that stuff and that's what, what yeah. that we're we're all sort of told and designed that like that's the way you're supposed to be is you're supposed to like be uptight about this and like not you're supposed to like put up walls and have principles and like and it's just so much more interesting to kind of like live in the gray areas and the mystery you know and to not sort of see how unbothered you can be by these things that are really weird and fascinating, you know? And such a wonderful place to interact with people of all kinds. I mean, I think yeah. when you're a touring musician, especially if you're in a genre that just attracts such a wide array of people from such a wide array of backgrounds, it's like, you, I don't know, I, I kind of take it for granted sometimes how much I'm able to interact with and like see so many different paths of life and yeah definitely I am grateful for that and I think you're right on with that yeah it's yeah. fun that's partly why I live where I do and why we live where we do because it's it's interesting here it's not like living in Boulder Colorado you know I could have <laughs> lived there and those are my people you know I come from um I, ho I read a whole song about not moving there okay? I, so I don't know, do it I know and it's a great song it's a banger um I did my I did my time in Colorado so is your uh, this is sort of along the same I guess sort of along the same lines is your music is your music like? Uh, is it? Do you think it's more like autobiographical, or is it like a little more abstract? Are you? Do you write about? I don't know enough about you to know how much of you is in your music. I think some of it is. None of it's abstract. I'm not a very abstract writer. Like when I when I work on lyrics, I want them all to make a very specific sense in the context of the song. But I do enjoy working from characters that are not me. So like I'm very inspired by fiction writing and short stories and stuff so or even tv shows um so some songs it's like i think this is like the funny thing with like the bad debt like the the narrator in bad debt even though i'm saying i like it's not me right and if i'm like troubled because the lyrics are so disturbing that like i'm <laughs> like this is sad because now everyone thinks i'm like a terrible person and <laughs> but um so the narrator is not always me but i I, sometimes it is, yeah. and like it's definitely not. It's never very abstract. I would say. I like I like how in that song, it, like you said, it's like it, you know it could be a little bit about financial debt, but it, it I definitely he I hear like the karmic debt yeah. that's in there, and that's a much more interesting well, thing to play with. I was with. trying to say like this is actually bad debt, <laughs> but I I like some, I should have put a bridge in. I think this isn't me. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the bridge is for. That's what it should have done. Disassociation bridge. Let's remember that, John. Um, what is um? That's John Weisberg over there. He's like one of my greatest songwriting partners and uh, one of yeah, my John. favorite people. And we're so lucky to have him here yes. in town. Um, and I'm glad you're hanging out here tonight. Um, it's okay. I I left a nice space in there so I can edit that part out. <laughs> I, I got you. Don't worry. It won't be in the podcast, John. Um, all right, so so it, it's gonna get a, it'll it'll get a little bit more. We'll get a little more out here for a second, and then we're gonna hit the lightning round. Okay, so uh, what what is most important to you in life or music? 
Yes. What's most important? I think creating things, making things. Such a good answer. I think about that a lot too. What is the meaning of all of this? What's this the point for you? This is not the lightning round. <laughs> no. No, we haven't gotten there yet. You know, but you can treat it like that. You can give me two-word answers. I mean, and, and if you leave enough space, I can edit it out. Uh, so you got that going too. I think the meaning is greater human connection and understanding to me like art is able to do things that you know rhetoric speeches is not so for me it's like just digging a little bit deeper connecting with people on a different level that's good what does success look like to you well I am so excited you asked me this because I have asked myself that question a lot and I always thought, okay, like, when you're working, trying to make a living at your art, you spend a lot of time doing the not art part. And success for me is, like, being able to spend the majority of my time doing the things that are important to me, not the things that facilitate the things that are important and that are really soul-sucking. <laughs> and I just, I recently got a new manager and they are running my social media Hoorah. and let me tell you i have never felt more like i made it than when i don't <laughs> have to go on instagram and i feel like i've made it i'm like i don't care what gigs i'm playing because i don't have to post about them so that's amazing success I'm ma i've arrived success as a personal assistant what are you most proud of I mean, and you're still young, so it's a little early for that kind of question, maybe, but what are you most proud of? I, I mean, I hope, yeah, I hope I can do some more stuff, but... Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can. All you got to do is do yeah, stuff. That's I the amazing thing about life is that you can just do stuff forever until you die. That's good to know. Yeah, rest I, assured. Yeah, that's great. I, I think I'm proud that, like, I've been able to spend time making I, there's a lot especially in Nashville there's a lot of different ways to be a musician and I feel like I'm ne I've never been someone who's able to kind of stick in a job that didn't feel really fulfilling like I'm really good at quitting jobs <laughs> and not having jobs and panicking and getting more jobs like it's just but I feel like I'm proud that I kind of stuck with it to the point where now I'm doing the this kind of very meaningful music, whereas I think it's easy to go like, well, I'm still playing music, but you're kind of playing music you don't like, or like, you know, so. Yeah. I am, I'm, yeah, I'm proud of like, the kind of freelance life that I'm building, but you know, I hope I'll be more proud of it <laughs> <laughs> eventually. <laughs> All right, you finally made it. It's, now, we have, now we have reached the lightning round. I swear, like, that can't get more lightning intense. All right, okay, I'm ready, I'm ready. This, these, these are all much easier. Um, and then after this, we'll get back to the music. So what color is your front door? It is brown. It's wood. Oh. But I did stain it a nice dark brown. Good. So you did put some thought into it. I did, yeah. Um, and does it make you happy when you come home and you see it? Yeah, because it used to be a plastic door, and now it's a wood door. Oh, nice. That's an upgrade. Another sign of success. And it has a code thing, so like it's, it's lit. Right, so Never going to lose my in. key. Oh, that's good. And my friends can get in. All my musician friends that stay there can just get in. Yeah. If you could change one thing, what would it be? In the world, like with me, outside the world, like you can also peace. at any. I forgot to tell you at any point you I can go. I don't know what would you change. I would. I have a lot of anxiety about climate change, so I would 
rid oh. us. If that was gone, I would be happier. Yeah, I would rest a lot easier too. That was like, yeah, that's that's the thing that really gets me down existentially because everything else I feel like will eventually fix it. Wow. So what I need now is a question that's going to take things back up. Sorry. Because um, I told you I was so fun. <laughs> What's something you learned from your mother? Well, something I seek to learn from my mother. My mother is extremely selfless. She spends a lot of time on other people, and I think that's something I could do better on. So I wouldn't say I've learned it. I, I hope to learn that. What advice would you give to your 15-year-old self? Chill out. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. What are you afraid of? Mm, well, mainly just existential apocalypse. <laughs> Not really day-to-day -day stuff. Oh, my God. You are so fun. <laughs> I told you. I still like you, but you are so fun. Um, what do you hope for? I really would like to see uh, our country kind of do better by all of its citizens. I feel like we're kind of reaching a breaking point, but I have a lot of hope around that. I think... I think we're going to get to a, a more equitable place. Yeah, That's I what have, I hope for. I have hope for that, too. And yeah. finally, what is it that makes you happy? Songs. It makes me so <laughs> happy. Dogs. Love a dog. <laughs> Songs and dogs. Horses. Pretty basic, to be honest. Yeah. That's, a, that's amazing. Coffee. Hey, I just have to tell you before we end our interview that I remembered a connection we have, which is that when my now husband and I moved into a rental in Madison, Tennessee, next yeah. to John Harford's house, yeah. we were told this is the String Duster house. Oh, you live there? Where all the String Dusters lived. I don't live there anymore. Weisberger used to live and there, too. Weisberger lived there. <laughs> so we did The compound. Live, and yeah, I've moved down the ro same road. But that house is still called the String Duster House, and it's had so many different musicians in it. And I was one of them, so we shared, uh, we've shared a home. That is awesome. I saw some weird stuff go down in that house. Rachel Bayman, everybody, thank you. Thank you. The Travis Book Happy Hour is brought to you by Americana Vibes, the world's premier Americana music label. More at AmericanaVibes.com. The Travis Book Happy Hour is supported by Thompson Guitars, makers of fine instruments handmade with love in Sisters, Oregon. The crew at Thompson carries on Preston's legacy with handcrafted guitars enjoyed by some of the finest players on the scene. More at pktguitars.com. Listen to the Happy Hour House Band Music Compilation Volume 2 featuring Lindsay Liu, Nikki Bloom, Travis Book, Kyle Tuttle, and more out on Americana Vibes wherever music is found. The Travis Book Happy Hour podcast is now available on the Bluegrass Situation Podcast Network. Interviews with Tim O'Brien, Jim Lauderdale, Sierra Hall, Christina Vane, and more. Available wherever podcasts are found. And now, back to the show.
How about it for my friend Riley Calcagno over here playing the guitar, singing? Uh, Riley was a big part of uh, making my most recent record, the combination of eternal joy and happiness. He um, played a bunch of guitars and banjos on it and helped with the pre-production, so it's great to have him here to bring these songs to life. Said that I would go far. 
Rachel Bayman, thanks so much. We'll see you soon. This has been the Travis Book Happy Hour Podcast. Thanks for listening. Huge thanks to Rachel Bayman, Riley Calcagno, Thompson Guitars, Americana Vibes, and the Bluegrass Situation. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and leave a positive review. It really helps us out. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Travis Book Happy Hour and online at thetravisbookhappyhour.com. And remember, it's okay to be happy. <laughs>